Preventable eye diseases are a major cause of blindness in India. In 1976, ophthalmologist Dr. Govindapa Dapa or Dr. V as he's also officially known as, wanted to do something about this. Dr. V was inspired by the efficiency of the fast food industry and wanted if a similar model could be replicated in healthcare. His inspiration led to establishing an 11-bed eye hospital in Madurai, India, known as the Averind Eye Hospital. Anyone who needs eye treatment is welcome irrespective of their economic status. Today, the Aravind Eye Care System is home to one of the largest eye hospitals in the world. Today on the podcast, pediatric ophthalmologist Dr. Satya Ravilla shares the story of Aravind. Aravind Eye Hospital founder Dr. Govindapa Venkateswamy was fascinated by the fast food chain McDonald's. Why was Dr. V fascinated by McDonald's as an ophthalmologist? He was a visionary. Everywhere he went, and if he went to the airport, he kept looking at how could we use this into eye care. His mind was always thinking about eye care. What he was fascinated about McDonald's is that there's so many chains, but everywhere you get the same taste, right? They can have a certain standard maintained no matter where in the world in McDonald's. Why is that not possible in eye care? That was his way of thinking. Today we have about 120 Aravindai hospitals. You walk into any Aravind, you can have the same kind of service anywhere. I believe that Aravind was started in 1976. It was started in 1976 after his retirement. He worked in the government sector and even when he was in the government practice, he would on weekends try to go out to the villages and then try to reach out to patients and then offer them free surgeries when they came back to his base hospital. Once he retired, he decided to make that his life and then started Aravind after his retirement. The mission of Aravind is to eliminate needless blindness. What is considered needless blindness? If you look at blindness, there are almost 12 million blind, as in who cannot see who are legally blind, they have such minimal vision that they cannot go about their active routine. 80% of it is preventable. In this sense, you could either treat it like cataract or let's say a pair of glasses. Not everyone with glasses is blind without the glasses, but when it's a high refractive power, they blind without the glasses. People with cataract, which is one of the very common things that you see with aging, a simple 10-minute surgery will restore vision. Now, more and more, we're seeing this condition called glaucoma, which is because of increased intraocular eye pressure and diabetes, people can lose vision. These can be treated if you detect them early. That's what we mean, needless blindness. 80% of the blindness out there is something you can do. 20% is still, you cannot always help them, but at least you can try to rehabilitate them. That was the idea of putting in the needless. But the thing is to eliminate needless blindness by providing compassionate, high-quality eye care affordable to all. It doesn't matter who they are, we need to provide the same quality of eye care. You mentioned cataracts and glaucoma. For the people that are listening, could you describe what is a cataract, what is glaucoma? Cataract is, we have a lens within our eyes, which is a transparent lens. It's behind the brown part of the eye. That what focuses all the world we see, all the images on to the retina, which is like the nerve of the eye. This needs to be transparent. 
as we age just like our hair turns gray this transparent lens also starts getting cloudy the more and more it blurs the vision drops when it is a complete white thing we call it a mature cataract this definitely needs surgery but even in the beginning vision is affected people usually cannot go about their day to day even in you know various stages of cataract that's when we do a surgery in the surgery we remove the cataract and replace it with an artificial intraocular lens we call it iol or an intraocular lens which basically is a transparent lens that replaces the cataract was this technology that was back in 1976 or is this something that was more recent it was way back before 1976 it was actually covered by a person called harold ridley the intraocular lens was found way before but in india it was not very uh, popular it was in the sense it needed to come from abroad only the uh, more rich people could afford to get the intraocular lens even in 1976 they were doing basic cataract surgery where we removed the cataract and then patients had to wear these huge thick glasses to see you know in olden days you would see a lot of people with these huge glasses i would say cataract i'm not very sure when the intraocular lenses were started maybe around the 80s 90s they started becoming popular in india it was only possible for those who would afforded somebody from abroad would bring in these intraocular lenses that's how it was available dr v being the visionary that he was he was like the person who bees works in the field who bends down and works he saw who's going to find it difficult wearing these huge glasses he was like they are the ones who need it how do i get it to them and they were very expensive then and they cannot afford it he came up with this idea of starting a factory of manufacturing intraocular lenses This is huge because this is a doctor who has nothing about you know this manufacturing field and this is a business in itself but his purpose was it we need to reach out to more people the people who actually need it that's when they started the Aurolab which is the manufacturing wing of the Aurolab eye care system they started manufacturing intraocular lenses in 1991 the prices of the intraocular lens in the global market came down it was almost like a 10 times huge drop in the market price where it was 100 dollars aurolab was making it at 10 dollars when aurolab was giving it with the same quality the global market had to come down with their prices today this company which is in the small town of madurai serves over 150 countries and owns 12% of the global market in intraocular lenses The idea was we need to bring down the cost. Aurolab is a separate wing of the Aurolab eye care system. It more provides to a lot of the developing world, and the cost has come down. Today, Aurolab does more than intraocular lenses. They also manufacture a lot of drugs, sutures, needles, and even equipment. The business model for Aurolab has been so innovative and amazing that Harvard Business School made its own case study on it. Is that something that you're able to speak more about? When Aravind was started, neither Dr. V or the founders ever thought of it as, no, this has to be a service model, has to be a business service model. None of that was there. But it just turned out that way. The idea was that, no, the purpose was like we would reach out to as many people as we had. In all of our Aravinds, there is a place where a patient can walk in for a free service. So they can opt whether they want to pay for their eye care, which is still... 100 rupees which would be like i don't know 1.2 dollars or something for a routine outpatient checkup that's on the paying side 
on the free side they don't have to pay anything if they were getting operating 10 dollars for the surgery even today this concept usually would scare people right if you would say start a business where a person can decide if you want to have a paying or a free but it worked for arvind as in with the high volume we were able to match our no resources we tried to improve the efficiency of resources through various ways a person comes in he can decide whether he wants to go to the paying section or the free section but is offered the same care maybe minor variations in the options of surgical options you might not have one of the modern modern intraocular lenses but they get the basic surgery and the surgeon is appointed based on the grading of the cataract you know based on the severity of the cataract that's how it works we've been able to make the body and you know say say a business model and still expand with small small innovations down the line some of the thing is how do you make a doctor more efficient average doctor in india would do about 400 to 500 cataract surgeries in a year at arvind the average would be 1500 surgeries a year but it's the system when you make the doctor more efficient your outputs are much better in various cases it is also how we use a lot of this paramedical stuff these aligned ophthalmic personnel we use these girls from the villages who have just finished their schooling and then train them for 2 years and they stay on with us for another 3 years because they trained in one particular skill they get so good on that they're so much more efficient they, if they were checking the power of the eye we call that the refraction she does that day in and day out and when she becomes so efficient in that then we have a cadre of people called counselors where they talk to patients about their cataract surgery and then the intraocular lens this kind of saves the time of the doctor so patient gets good care gets explained everything else a doctor can be much more efficient in this way because his time on doing is noise or diagnosing and doing the surgery part a lot of it is taken care by the system in our operating theaters the concept of having two operating tables in the same theater also makes a surgeon more efficient the American surgeon Dr. Tulgawandi published a book called The Checklist Manifesto and it was this checklist that was inspired by the aviation industry to make surgery more efficient and more safe. How does Aravind work so efficiently and also is that risk for for infection? Too much of a coincidence that I just finished reading that book last week. In fact, we read it. I read it a couple of years ago, and then I was just found it there, and I reread it last. We have surgical safety checklist at multiple points. It's not the same person who sees the patient in the outpatient clinic who's going to operate on the patient. It's not the same doctor who's going to see him post-op. We handle this huge volume. We also need to modify it for that. We have a standard way of care. We do have multiple checkpoints also. that has a lot of monitoring our chairman is also about safety after i read the book i feel arvind in many ways is doing much more how sorry so he talks about how difficult it is for people to mention when something goes wrong how it's egoistic and very difficult for us to admit when has developed that culture of you report the incident no it's not about who has done it but it's about everybody learns from what happens we have this uh, portal on the internet and people can go in and submit anything it could be like this person's number was not checked the prescription was accidentally given to the wrong person but then immediately switched back but they would still report it 
even if most of the time all of these are mistakes did not happen it was caught but still there was a mistake in the previous step then all of these are analyzed and then we have frequent meetings where people look at why did this happen why can we do this better this is done like every month you got that extra mile from the book how does aravind compare to western countries in terms of patient volume efficiency and safety there was this antibiotic injection we give at the end of surgery and some people was being used sporadically when we found that it was working well we were using it in sporadic hospitals and when we thought it would work we kind of transitioned slowly to it we didn't make a big jump but then we found after switching to that one thing it brought down our infection rate tremendously now uh, we've published this data when you show this 6 million cataract surgeries and data from this people in america are now transitioning data is so powerful but to give you an idea it is about i think it's 2 in 100,000 that we would have versus 8 in 100,000 is the published literature from the western world which is still a big number the numbers that arvind does as an ikea system would be similar to the numbers done in uk through the nhs the nhs has i mean we can only compare where we have data all of the surgeries done in uk that are reported in nhs that is equal to the arvind volumes which is about 4.3 million outpatients that we see and 522,000 surgeries we do in a year. The success of Aravind is it's the training, it's your policies. It's also the technology. You've got some amazing technology behind Aravind. You've got some partnerships with huge tech companies. People discuss the technology that is used for diagnosing and treating eye diseases. The one for diabetic retinopathy? Yes. The one that with Google basically when you feed in all of these photographs of the retina the AI was able to predict quite accurately on the grading of the diabetic retinopathy. Every patient with diabetes needs a yearly eye examination. When you think of it logically it's not possible for eye doctors to do the number of diabetics that we have everywhere. There doesn't have to be a doctor there can just getting an image will it be able to read whether this person needs to have further care needs to go to an eye doctor or not that was the concept of where it was started give me a picture of the retina of the eye i cannot say if it's male or female interestingly google was able to pick that up it can do that somehow it is reading the images and we don't know what it picks up that it's able to identify the sex of the person based on the retinal image A lot of interesting things came out of that. We use this technology now currently in our vision centers. A vision center also is built on teleophthalmology. We have about 103 vision centers now. This is run by just two of these paramedical staff who are just out of school and trained in this. They do not have any formal graduation, but they are trained. to do a basic examination of the patient do basic procedures and every patient is consulted with an eye doctor over teleophthalmology arvind has always been patient centric it created this vision center thinking of when people cannot come from a certain places or you see that they having difficulty coming from certain areas the advantage of having these kind of vision centers is it serves about a 10 km radius In India, it's still a lot of illiteracy. You know, for a rural woman to come, she would need somebody to accompany her to help her on the bus, and again, the charge for both of them. In the vision center, we charge twenty rupees, which 
I don't know, it's less than half a dollar and they get the same care. 91% of the problems is solved in the vision center. It's only about a 9% need to be referred to the base hospital for further care. So they would only see 20 to 25 patients in a day. But that is a successful model. We have about 103 of these kind of vision centers, mostly in the southern part of India. What was the way that Aravind diagnosed eye diseases prior to having artificial intelligence? In the early stages, you just have like a couple of blood dots that are there, which doesn't cause vision loss. But if you don't treat it, if you don't pick it up early, this patient can go blind which would require major surgery and usually not guarantee vision after surgery. That is the idea we need to focus on picking up these early. The usual thing is that the patient needs to be dilated, seen by a doctor. In the vision center, they would take a photo of the retina and send it and the doctor would see a photo of the retina. But now with this thing, any diabetic center can use this. They will refer the patient only with a doctor doesn't have to grade every single patient. If it requires to be referred based on the intelligence. You've got both the technology and it's also still being checked by a doctor. You've got the best of both worlds by yes, the sounds yes. of it. Yes. Correct. Yeah, we were transitioning to whether we can use it. We're still like, you know, looking at the reliability of it, which is quite good. So in a diabetic center, they'd be, the doctors don't see it. So there would be diabetic places where they look at the sugar control of the patient, don't have an eye doctor, don't have anything. There they would take this image and based on the grading, then decide if it needs to be referred. And that is outside our events. Can you tell me about why vision is so important? This is something that most people are going to be born with. Some people might have some difficulties with it. How does that affect quality of life? I'm a pediatric ophthalmologist. I work with children and with the squint in adults. It is said that 80% of your learning is visual. That you, in a class, in a PowerPoint, it's a lot of looking at what is written on the board. What enters your mind is 80% of it is visual. Looking at the gestures of the teacher. It has been seen that when children are born blind, all of their milestones get delayed. Because you learn by looking. You learn to say bye, you learn to wave, you learn to clap, you see the other person, you learn to talk looking at the other person's lips. A lot of these milestones get delayed, which is also one of the reasons that we insist on early intervention when children are blind. There are times you cannot help improve their vision, but then you need to improve their other skills so that their normal growth doesn't get disturbed. Vision is critical. In children, the thing about vision is a lot of times children can do not express that they cannot see. Which is why we do a lot of uh, concentrate on school screening. Child cannot see the board but assumes that the rest of the world sees it that way. He doesn't realize that he's not, the other person can see and they're not seeing. The thing about visual problems in children is that children cannot express them also. And very often they're picked up by parents late. So their academics drops. Vision is crucial. You were mentioning that technology is one of the things, the way we innovate is one of the most important. But the most rooted thing is the value and culture. That is something that we stress upon. Like any new medical officer, even if they're like a big doctor, when they come into Aravind, we give them at least, you know, a two to three week orientation before they're allowed to sit down and actually see patients. We think it's so important that they're aligned with the vision. 
know the part about compassion ensuring you do the best thing for every patient i think a lot of it is enforcing that into every single person that works in our that is one thing that comes down back to it we train doctors that any patient you see even when you prescribe a medication see if they can afford it when you ask them to come back for a review do they really need to come back then no do we avoid unnecessary visits as much as possible try to do everything on the same visit avoid unnecessary thing when we say come back after two weeks do they really need to come back it's a lot for them you know they have to bring somebody else there the cost of travel the cost of eating out bringing someone with them to get oriented to that kind of thing that is one thing that arvin stresses on no we would say being patient centric that is also one of arvin's thing and in fact has been kind of dr v's way. his purpose of in fact starting the whole oral lab which is just like a big risk taken there but when the purpose is right things fall into place it's never been about you know being a business model but over the years we've come to believe that if the purpose is right it will all fall in place i've got questions remaining that i ask each of my guests firstly what does living healthy today mean to you sathya what does it take to live not only healthy but flourish really enjoy life i think it's a lot of eating right eating on time getting good sleep and a lot of positivity i think it's a lot of happiness i'm one who always believes in thinking each day of what you're grateful for just the sense of finding things to be grateful for for every day keeps that optimism around you you cannot prevent every illness you cannot prevent an accident or anything but it's how you take it in with optimism this is a quote that is put up in every aravindai hospital in every aravind hospital at the registration there is a quote that says finally it is faith that cures it's a lot about having the right mindset be it for the physician or the patient who's taking care of it i think having optimism is one of the things to be healthy yes optimism speaking of optimism thirty what would you tell your 18 year old self i guess maybe explore more get out of your comfort zone the more you move out of your comfort zone when i was smaller i would always try to shy away from doing things that i felt i wouldn't fit in you now in the career that your 18 year old self envisioned i have to admit that i'm part of the adibith family i'm the, one of the third generation of the founders i have envisioned myself to grow with the organization and it's beautiful to see the organization flourish and we hope to do our part our generation hope to uphold arvin to what it is today arvin did some amazing work over 40 years i joined arvin in 2007 2007 yeah lastly do you have any questions for me this could be about anything logistics method of the podcast how this podcast is going to run whether things going to be published or you know anything about me your call i am curious to speak at a bit i was recommended by one of the assistants from season that's how i found out about it and then i looked at the deeper into tarvin and thought wow this is an amazing eye hospital you're a harvard business school case study and you got all these incredible awards inspired by mcdonald's before they improved efficiency 
I want to thank you and Arabin for the incredible work that you do. Thank you so much. It's been a joy to speak to you. I'm your host, Jared Talavera, and you've been listening to the Culture Today podcast.